It, the show where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan, and I missed it. I'm Brittany, and I didn't. And we are on Buffy Season 2, Episode 2, entitled Some Assembly Required. We're just going to jump right into it. The IMDB summary says, Two science club nerds use body parts to create the perfect girlfriend for a teenager who's been brought back from the dead, and I gotta tell you, that's like three different 90s movies in one plot. Mm-hmm. They fit like six hours worth of movies into 43 minutes of television. They did. They worked really hard to do that, too. Yes. Well, IMDb gives this episode a 7.2. I was gonna give it an 8, honestly. I enjoyed this episode. Maybe it was the sports part. Maybe it was all of the Giles stuttering. Maybe it was the constant Xander put-downs. Who can say? But I enjoyed it. I said like a 6.7. I liked it. I actually liked it a lot more than I remember liking it. But I still don't really like it. Sure. Because of the sports ball? No. Are you you sure? Yeah. Okay. Not a big fan. This, uh, This season... Is a lot about Angel, and this episode wasn't. No, it was not. So. Um, that does lead us straight into our Angel sighting. 30 seconds was all it took this time. About 14 of those seconds was the Buffy intro montage lore thing. That is now um, narrated by Giles. Yes. I told you that it would be. I just couldn't remember when. Yeah. Uh, Angel is there, and then Angel is present throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my notes have the word angel in them. Oh, good. I mean, he was present throughout. Angel doesn't do much this episode, really. He's just kind of there and brooding. Yes, because he's jealous from the last episode. Yes, because of the Buffy dance, of which we do not speak, because it is weird. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Uncomfortable is a good word. But we get Angel, and we get Angel for a while, for the whole time, really. Um, We get uh, Angel saving Cordelia from a cut-off hand found in a dumpster. Uh, And then uh, all of that relationship ensues. Yes. I remember that scene, like, really well. Like, you see his feet and you know that it's Angel. Unless that was just me. Did you know that it was Angel? I kind of assumed, because Angel hadn't been on the screen for a while. So I kind of assumed it was Angel, because it made the bit work, uh-huh. um, but I didn't know for sure. I didn't think Angel wore black wingtips. The black patent leather shoes. Yeah, the Maybe really, that... really nice black shoes that kind of yeah. clicked and yeah. were a little bit shiny. Maybe that's why I knew it was Angel, because I'm pretty sure he wears those shoes basically throughout. Oh, okay. No, I did not think those were the shoes that Angel wore with the uh, black leather jacket and the white v-neck. But he wasn't wearing black. In this episode, he did not wear black. He had the black jacket. No, he had um, a khaki jacket. It was a khaki jacket? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm uh, mixing my episodes together already. 
Yeah. I've only seen 14. Yeah. He had a khaki jacket and a white shirt. He did not have the black jacket. Maybe he did in the very first scene, but from the time he quote-unquote saved Cordelia to the end, he did not have a black jacket. It was khaki. Well, maybe it's uh, so that the camera is less grainy at night. (laughs) Or at least maybe that was the thought process. It didn't work. Camera work at night, still grainy, especially on uh, close-ups. Yeah. Was that like a 90s thing, though? Like, I don't think that's just a Buffy thing. The grainy camera? Yeah. I mean, it's camera quality, to be sure. It's 1997. The cameras Mm -hmm. were very different then than they are now. They're still shooting on film, I'm guessing. Sure. Initially, at least. I don't think they would have had digital video at this point. I have no idea. So what did you remember from this one? I remember that whole opening scene between Buffy and Angel. Like, I remember Buffy's waiting for a vampire to emerge or whatever, or waiting for this specific vampire, and she's arguing with Angel, and then he comes out and tries to get away or attacks her. I don't remember which one happened. Yeah, he comes up behind her. Right, okay. Yeah, I remember that. I remember when they're in the library and Cordelia comes in to follow them and they're talking about the zombies and stuff and Cordelia is just randomly interjecting things like talking to herself yeah this is a a different Cordelia it's not uh oh she's the worst it's oh she's unnecessary I think I figured it out though I think I understand what's happening now okay I think that uh Cordelia is there, as I predicted, to be abducted. Right, because be- this, she we're on abduction number two. Yeah, well, because they can't abduct Buffy. We've established no. yeah. this. They can't kidnap Buffy. Yeah. Because Buffy has to save everyone. However, you can abduct Cordelia. So some episodes she's the worst and, uh, and then gets abducted. Uh-huh. And some episodes she's just unnecessary. And then she gets abducted. Right. Okay. But on Cordelia, I wrote down... And I know this is like their first... One of their first scenes together, so it's definitely probable that they just haven't established it yet. But they either worked really, really hard in that scene to make it so that David Boreanaz and Charisma Carpenter have no chemistry. Okay. Or... They work really, really hard later to establish the chemistry between them. Gotcha. Because they had no chemistry. I think it was. It looked really purposeful. Yeah. It like, was, he was it, uncomfortable, and it was... It was very clear what they were doing mm-hmm. from a directing standpoint. Like, you could see the direction that was given to them, and they were performing it. Mm-hmm. She was hanging all over him and was told you know you must have both of your arms around his arm the entire time like that's the direction and then they just said and david you don't like this yeah that's all it was they did it well but that's all it is yeah i noticed because later on they obviously will have chemistry because they're on the same show forever like he's the male lead she's female lead we know it's gonna happen (laughs) like yeah 
but it's just, it was interesting um, with that. I do remember the part where Xander and Giles were digging and then Willow and Buffy were just sitting there. Yep, and she says, uh, I'm old-fashioned. I think men should dig up the graves and women should have the babies or whatever like that. And for whatever reason, I think I've heard that line out of context before. Really? Like that rang a bell (laughs) for some reason. So I don't know if somebody else or some other show had quoted that, and that's what I'm thinking. But for whatever reason, that line stuck out to me as, oh, I think I've heard that before. Gotcha. I don't know. Hey, listeners at home, if you know where that line can also be found, tweet at us. That would be great. (laughs) Yes. I've heard a lot. Like, I wrote a lot about Angel, but I also wrote a lot about Giles. Giles was great. Giles is great. Anthony Stewart Head is great. Yes. (laughs) Does Anthony Stewart Head have a stutter? I have no idea. And then... Because it felt like he was leaning back into his natural speech, uh, back into some of his natural speech patterns for that. Or I've, something. I, don't I know. have no idea. I know that his accent is different. Like Giles's accent is not the same as Anthony Stewart's head. Stewart Head's accent. It's a different. It's a different dialect. Yeah. Yeah. Because if the next episode when we meet Spike, the way that Spike talks. Is the way that Anthony Stewart had actually talks. Sure. I don't know. I remember reading that somewhere that Spike's accent is closer to Anthony Stewart Head's actual accent versus what he sounds like right now. Or as Giles. Giles and Jenny, I like Giles and Miss Calendar a lot. Yeah, that'll end poorly, but mm-hmm. it's Buffy. <laughs> Side character shout out. Uh, mine is, I don't know if they even named her, uh, apart from their last name was Epps. So I guess Mrs. Epps, I don't know if she had a first name. Um, she didn't have to show up set that day, but she did. Their mom. Their mom, yeah. The old lady, uh, the uh, Chris and Daryl's mom, yeah. who spent uh, 90% of her on-screen time sitting in front of a TV and smoking. Yes. And she had two scenes, I think. One where Chris walked out and then one where Buffy showed up. Right. I think she only had two scenes, so you know that was one day of shooting. Yeah. And she didn't have to show up. She could have phoned that one in, literally. (laughs) She was sitting on a couch, watching TV, smoking. Her eyes were so dead, and you could, but you could see the focus in the TV and how much pain was there. It was just really well done. Mm-hmm. And that was a couple of hours of work, probably. Yeah. I don't have a side character, but I wrote down on Chris and Daryl's mom why hadn't they called Children's Services. Because it was 1997, and I'm going to guess that the guy who wins the science fair all the time and can build a, two Frankensteins... Yeah. Or two Frankenstein's monsters. I'm going to guess he can figure things out that he's doing okay. Right. And they never established exactly how old he is. He's probably 16 or 17. 
If they're the same age, he's 16. Seven, I don't know, 16, 16 or 17. 17. They established that Daryl was almost 19. He would have been almost yeah. 19. He would, was turning 19 next week. And he had died a, the year before. So he was 18. Why hadn't they called children's services? <laughs> Guess it didn't matter that much. No. Uh, my favorite line from this episode uh, is yet another Willow deadpan delivery. It's a fruit. <laughs> Said to Cordelia, uh, explaining and answering Cordelia's uh, tomato science experiment. Is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? Yes. It's a fruit. That's the answer. All solved in three seconds. Yes. I thought you were going to pick the interaction between Giles and Miss Calendar, where he calls her Miss Calendar. Oh, that was a good line, too. (laughs) That was a really good line. Because he said uh, he he called her Miss Calendar because he's Giles, and that's how he addresses people. Yeah. And she says... I don't remember the exact line. Oh, she says... The uh, miss uh, call, she says, call me Jenny. Call me Jenny. Miss Calendar is my father. Yeah. Call me Jenny. Miss Calendar is my father. Yeah. That was really good. Yes. And she said it with just the right amount of smile on her face that made me go. I wonder if the writers came up with that or if like she misspoke one day and that's how the line came out and they kept it. <laughs> Something like that. Like there's I have times no idea. with actors, especially in TV shows, you can tell kind of where the uh, the character stops and the actor begins. And yeah. every now and then the actor shows through and you can see, oh, that's funny, or the actor found that funny or whatever. Yeah. You see it more on sitcoms, but... Yeah. Well, because they only have so much time to film, so... Yeah. So, yeah. If this is the take we got, this is the take we got. Whatever happened, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, I forgot about the fact that Xander saves Cordelia in this episode. I very vividly remember how he saves her, but I didn't realize that it was this episode. Oh, okay. Through the Uh, fire and the flames. Yeah. I forgot that Angel showed up at the end. That felt really random. Like, I saw there was a fire. I knew you'd be here. (laughs) Yeah, but we are 14 episodes in, and we have already gotten lines delivered by characters that are very much like meant to cover plot holes or meant to just let you assume things about the world and just say, eh, that's just kind of how things are moving on. Yeah. I saw a fire. I figured it, you'd be here is the most Buffy thing. It doesn't make any sense. And it assumes so much. And this right. is like, why is Angel here? Well, there's a fire. So Buffy's there. So that's what Angel thinks, because that's, Easy. Mm-hmm. It was still a very funny line, though. Yeah. Also, there were ambulances there and cop cars. Where was Buffy's mom? Well, you know, the police probably didn't swing by her house first. Right, but, like, the police and the ambulance show up. They're going to question her and probably call her mom. Well, then when they call everybody else's, too. Yeah. And where's everyone's moms? Well, we haven't cast them all yet. Yeah. Willow's mom shows up at one point. I don't think we ever physic. Oh, no, we have to. We have to meet meet Xander's family, but I don't think we do until season six. Well, I'm sure it was because it was a fire in a building, so it's a 911 call. 
Yeah. And then an officer and an ambulance respond to the scene as well. Especially they said they call it the old science building, so I assume that means it's actually on school property. Or it was a science building, not necessarily a school science building. Yeah, wouldn't you just call that a lab? Mm-hmm. That's what know. they that's what he called that's what Chris called it before. Their lab. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was the basement. No, they had two places. Yeah, they had two places. It was not very well established. No, that there it was were two, not. There were, there were two places. I've talked about this before, but I hate the lack of clothes or like uniform policy or clothing policy at the high school. Mm-hmm. Because, and especially, and also like lack of understanding of weather. Sure. Because why were Xander and Willow wearing long pants and long sleeve shirts, but Buffy was in a tank top? Because she's Buffy. It made no sense. No, it it does not make much sense at all. Buffy's clothing choices, which, by which, I mean, obviously, the costumer's decisions often do not make sense. It, it's very clear that they're just putting her in things and going, ah, she'll look good in this, and then hoping that they're right. Yeah. Like, for whatever reason... Actually, I think that ties a little bit into the fight choreo for this. The fight choreo in this was much better. The stunt doubles put in some work. Sophia Crawford's putting in some work. But I think they purposefully put Buffy in those pants, those checkered, like, almost flare at the bottom. Almost bell bottoms, not really. Anyway, it's so that her legs stand out in the fight choreography. There was a lot more kicking and spinning and stuff in this. Mm -hmm. So you get the full extension of the leg, which means you get the full extension of those pants. And because of the crazy design on them that really stood out, it let you track it easier and it made it look flashier almost. Yeah. So I don't know if the costumer made that call or if somebody with the fighting stuff was like, hey, if she's in pants and not a skirt, we can do a lot more. Because she is in a dress at the beginning. Yeah. In the graveyard. That fight choreo is fine, but she can't do all of the kicking. She can't do all of the crazy MMA stuff. She has to rely on punching the guy. Mm Mm-hmm. She was in a dress when they were in the cemetery. Yeah, she had a white dress on, or or it was a skirt and a top, and then she had the coat over it. Oh, there was a coat over it, but the it was very clearly a skirt. Gotcha. I think it only went like halfway down to her knees, maybe. Gotcha. So, but she was in the graveyard after school, so you know, no school policy. <laughs> yeah. That didn't make sense because I don't understand Nigel's lingo. I'm not sure what reasonably dollsome means. Pretty? I guess? 
What was the context? I, the con- it was Xander talking about Miss Calendar to Giles. Oh. He said she's reason- reasonably dolsome. And I thought he was trying to like play on words like awesome, dolsome. Uh-huh. Somehow. That was not what it was. I think it's just, hey, she's pretty. Um, but she's my teacher, so I'm not going to comment on it. Um, oh, a couple other lines uh, and moments that stood out to me. Uh, Giles talks about traditional voodoo rituals as opposed to the newfangled ones. Mm-hmm. Because he emphasized traditional. Yeah. Um, Giles has a great way of delivering lines, and, and you listen, you go, yeah, sure. Wait, what? <laughs> so, like, like, yeah, no, there's traditional voodoo rituals, and they're totally a thing. Just like with when he said... Xander, zombies don't eat the flesh of the living. Yeah. One, that he said it so matter of fact. Two, that Xander should just know this. Three, we're going to skip over the whole zombies are real part and get on to, well, they don't eat the flesh of the living. He was so offended. Yeah. It was a great <laughs> line, uh, but it really spoke to Giles' character and how much stuff he knows, but also how deeply entrenched in this lore and world he is. Yeah. But then on the flip side, he doesn't know how to speak to someone he wants to ask on a date. That's stereotypical, though. Yes. Two more tidbits I've got. Uh, apparently, Grey's Anatomy is a book. They yes. referenced the book. They showed the spine in uh, Chris's locker. Yeah, I think it's a, like a medical textbook or something like that. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, we were reminded about Angel's age. He's 241 years old. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get more shortly. Yes. I know within the next couple episodes we get... I think if we don't get flashback Angel in the next couple of episodes, he talks about it. Okay. He Great. talks about the kind of age, like, when he was a teenager or when he was, like, in his early 20s. Or whatever, like, what life was like, I'm pretty sure. Because Buffy references it in the Halloween episode. Okay. Well, we'll have that to look forward to, because Angel's really all that I care about still. And Giles. Yeah. Angel is very interesting. Last segment for today, for this episode, Ryan predicts poorly. Uh, We are going to uh, call scoreboard on... Cordelia getting kidnapped slash abducted because we do need to decide. Um, she was for sure abducted again in this episode. Yes. There was a for sure abduction. Correct. Were there two abductions? No. There was not two because she got abducted at the end. Yeah. And almost got her head cut off. That counts. So that's two. Um, earlier in the episode, she is uh, jumped before the big game. Very ineffectively. Uh, But a bag is placed over her head. And she is at least wrestled down to the floor. Right. It's literally like they put a bag over her head. They cut to Buffy and then they cut back to her coming. Or no, they cut to Buffy coming in and then all of a sudden Cordelia is on the floor. Yes. Like they don't show her being wrestled to the floor. So I just kind of imagine they pushed her over. (laughs) It is Cordelia. Who knows? She might have just tripped. Uh, Or she might have decided the floor was more comfortable. Or who knows? So we have two abductions so far. 
One attempted. And one attempted. So, scoreboard. Uh, But uh, I predict that we will have our own version, our own 1997 fantasy lore vampire show version of the great british bake-off that would be really interesting giles and spike will have uh, a bake-off with traditional english pies i'm here for it i watch that show (laughs) (laughs) all right well that brings us now to the end of the show if you're not yet you should be following us on twitter I don't know why you're not. You should be. We are at I Missed It Pod on Twitter. You can also check out our network at ghostlightmedia.net for all the other great shows on the Ghostlight Media Network. Um, don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcatcher. Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. I don't use Stitcher. I'm told people do. Well, join us next week. For Season 2, Episode 3, Episode School Hard, and we'll see Spike. Thanks for joining us here on I Missed It. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget, American football is just rugby for wimps. Did they say that? That's what Giles said. Things count on their date. I missed that. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.